This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. So if you have anything you want to talk about, anything you need to know, any help you may need with a case that your pet's going through right now, now is the time. Advice, it's free. Log on to us here. Join us here at Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. Pick on shows. Go to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can log in. There's a Zoom link there waiting just for you to uh, click on and join me here live on the show. Uh, if you are old-fashioned, if you don't have a computer, if you're not sitting in front of one and you want to call in, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And again, we are simulcasting. I'm here with my Instagram Live and you here at Pet Life Radio. So um, if you see me looking away, I'm not looking away from you or you. I'm just looking at the, the other audience. So uh, I'm not ignoring you by any chance. One thing that because the scroll on the Instagram comes up so fast. I don't always see your questions. So um, you can always get a hold of me at uh, drjeff at drjeff.com, drjeff at petliferadio.com for those of you on Pet Life Radio. And um, I will get the mail and answer you. But we also are taping this. So um, I'll be able to go through it and look at some of the comments, look at some of the questions, and we can get back to you as well. So as you know, I like to peruse the news. And um, I was uh, stories that kind of catch my eye. A couple of them, interestingly, you always come up with ideas that things I want to talk about kind of above and beyond. And two of these, uh, literally back to back, were things I wanted to discuss anyway at the second part of the show. So I'm going to run through these and maybe try to get one maybe early in the show. That would be great as well. Anyway, a study says dogs don't need to be shown who's the boss. It turns out that dogs continually exhibit sort of dominant and submissive behavior amongst themselves. Right now, my daughter and her family, her husband and kids are out of town. So we have her five-month-old golden doodle named Quinn. He is supposed to be a mini, already at 45 pounds. He's not a mini, but he is awfully cute. And he's got these green eyes. He's so adorable. It gets along with my five dogs amazingly well. He's such a cuddle bug and bag. But, you know, one of the things I'm watching him, he's like, he's not sexually mature yet, yet, He's trying to hump the other dogs. And when we have a friend who uh, walks the dogs, she'll take them all. And when, even when she takes Quinn by himself, every time he sees another dog, he wants to mount it. And I'm saying that is, that's just normal social behavior. They're all testing each other. You know, they want to know who's the boss. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's not like abnormal. So I'm not worried about it. And it's not like we have to neuter him tomorrow because I'm not going to neuter him tomorrow. We're going to neuter him, but not a lot of studies, now, especially now that he's larger. And obviously with golden retriever in him, genetically, regardless of his size, he is prone to certain cancers that these dogs are prone to. And therefore, we're going to hold off a bit on neutering. Anyway, it seems like they don't compete with people in their homes for dominance. So you know, now they may not recognize humans as dominant in general, but uh, they just seem to fit in. It's almost like they know their place. And if they misbehave when they're young, it, it's very easy to get them out of it. But one thing this behavior experts say is that they are rejecting theories that are based on domination and harsh techniques. They find that actually that when you're trying to use force or, or aggressive techniques to stop that behavior, if it even becomes a problem, actually causes more fear and aggression. So obviously you don't want that. 
So uh, just if you have a dog, it's a lot of problems. It's not neutered yet. It is old enough to be neutered. I would recommend neutering, um, which I do anyway. And, um, but, uh, and you might want to do a consult with your veterinarian or with a animal behavior specialist, but they're actually veterinarians now that do a residency in behavior. And so it's kind of like they're veterinarians first and then psychologists second. And uh, they're the ones you want to, uh, most major cities have them. A lot of them can work with you online. A lot of them now can work remotely with telemedicine, which is, which is great. So if you ever want to have to give a vaccine to a tiger, what, that could, what would that be like? And it's so interesting, the technique that they use, and I'm going to go over it in a minute, is exactly what I would recommend to any new puppy or kitten owner for things that they have to do. Here, here's what they do. So the LSU, Louisiana State University mascot, Mike the Tiger, he sat still for both his first and second doses of his COVID SARS-2 vaccine. And we know that cats can get it. In fact, there have been many reports that cats can get it. It's a much more mild infection. I don't think there's any been, there have been no deaths that I know of from a cat having COVID, but uh, they do get it and they can actually transmit it as well. Interestingly, every case of a dog or a cat having COVID came from a household where someone in the house had COVID-19. So just so you know. Anyway, so how did they prepare? Well, his caretaker, a guy named Dave Baker, uh, he prepared Mike by visiting him, all 415 pounds of him. You don't want that one lying on top of you, certainly not biting you. A few times a week, and what would he was doing, he would pinch the skin in the lower right flank. That's where the location where the shot is given. So now he would pinch it for like one or two seconds at a time, and he would do it several times a week. And he just got used to that pinch. And that pinch became something that he's not worried about. So all of a sudden they come, to give the shot and they pinch the skin and this time also give that very small needle. And Mike did not feel a thing. He was great. This is what kind of reminded me of. And this is what I tell people all the time. People have come to me now. They can't brush their pet's teeth. They can't clip the toenails. They can't clean the ears. Why? Because they didn't do what they did to Mike early on. And that is when you have a puppy or a kitten, you, want, you don't have to clip them. Just get them used to the touch. Get them used to what we call the palpation. Take their paws, get their nails on the, the nail bed and just kind of do a little massaging. All right. Just take a little cotton ball with your fingertip in, in your ears, or you can even take a Q-tip. But I tell you, say for Q-tips or cotton swabs, we don't want to be branding here, is you just hold it about an half an inch to an inch from the tip. And these two fingers will stop and go from any deeper than that. That's going to be safe. And it's just you're not going to get anything. You don't want to get anything now. Now, when they're little like that, it's just to get them used to the process. Brushing and combing, now is the time to do it. Make it fun. Start small. Start slow. And then every time, every session, just go a little bit longer, a little bit longer. But the goal is for all these things, teeth brushing. I, I, I always tell new puppy kitten owners, get them used to the process now. Of course, they don't need them. They're going to lose all these teeth. They don't need these teeth. They don't need to be brushed. They're all coming out within a few months, but it's getting them used to the process and making it fun and always covering with some sort of reward, some sort of treat. And besides good boy, good boy, good girl, girl, give them a little something. It's okay. And you want to make the experience positive. So when they get older and it needs to be done on a regular basis, they're good. They already know it's, it's, it's going to work. If anything, they're going to get a treat. So they're going to sit still for you. So that's a good, uh, good advice. All right, next up. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to hold this till the just before the half hour, which is coming up soon. All right. Rising cases of kennel cough. So infectious tracheobronchitis. We're seeing a lot of it 
um, I think maybe because more and more people are starting to go out. And this was, of course, just before the Delta variant and maybe causing some more issues and people reversing those practices. But um, we're seeing a lot of kennel cough. Make sure your pet is up to date on its Bordetella parent influenza vaccines. Now, Bordetella, again, lifestyle, but in LA, I call it live in LA cough, you know, go to the dog park cough, go to the Grove cough, go to Third Street Promenade cough, go to the vet cough, go to the groomer cough. I mean, it's everywhere. Don't say, well, I don't kennel my dogs. I don't have to. Yes, you do. It's everywhere in many, many locations. But what you want to do is depending on how often you go or frequent these places is going to determine whether you're going to get this vaccine every six months or every year. I do my animals every year because my dog, my I house every day is doggy daycare. I got five animals, five dogs. They're playing, they're running, they're having so much fun together and they're all vaccinated. So for them once a year, I, of course I take them in the neighborhood, but they don't like other dogs. My dogs are terrible when it comes to behavior with other dogs, especially two of them in particular. So I don't let them really mingle anyway. So uh, once a year for Arsenal. But if you are a frequent groomer or you take them to a dog park, or you go to the doggy daycare, whatever, you might want to, and any of them require it now, getting it every six months. And not only that, we are seeing some more cases of influenza. That's the H3N2 and the H3N8 versions of canine influenza. And don't be surprised if you go to a doggy daycare, you're making a reservation or appointment for the first time and say, make sure your dog has its influenza vaccine as well. Now, we're not talking about the para-influenza that comes with the distemper parvo vaccine or sometimes the Bordetella vaccine. We are talking the influenza vaccine. It guards against the H3N8 and the H3N2. And um, that is something you probably should know about. And that, to me, the, the influenza is still definitely a lifestyle. Now, next up, West Nile virus. They found thousands of mosquitoes in the 114 mosquito pools uh, in Utah this year. And the numbers are exploding because of the hot weather. And so the recommendation is to remove sources of standing water. If you have any in your home, if you are seeing mosquitoes, you want to avoid being outside at dusk and dawn. That's where they seem to be in the, the highest incidence of mosquito bites. Um, I know here in LA, we never had mosquitoes in LA. Now we have the, it's called the Aculex quinquefaciatus. Write that down. I'm going to test you on it. So it's a Culex quinquefaciatus, and it is a, a mosquito that is adapted to drier climates. And actually, we are seeing many of them here in Southern California. So I started testing my dogs for heartworm and obviously treating them. So you want to give them the heartworm preventative, speak to your veterinarian. Many cases in the South, it's all year round in the Northeast and, and the Central States. It might be just during spring and summer because it gets too cold during the winter for them. So anyway, that's just another FYI. So let's see. Yeah, we, I'm gonna get, we're going to start one thing uh, before we go to break, and then we'll talk about the second thing after break. And that is the owner of a service dog company in Virginia, all right, who sold unqualified dogs as service dogs, all right? Uh, and he didn't sell them just in Virginia, by the way, nationwide. So he'll now pay thousands of dollars in restitution because, and, and by the way, banned from running a charitable organizations, training, breeding, selling companion animals, et cetera. And that is because these dogs were not qualified. And now with service dogs, as opposed to emotional support dogs, if you go on a plane and you have a certificate for a quote unquote service dog and they let you on, but your dog is not, is going to be in trouble. So, I mean, because of what happened to emotional support dogs, there were so many that, that had some issues. And therefore, 
they stopped emotional support dogs. They were just too many. People, you were able to go online and spend 200 bucks and get some psychologist to talk to you for two minutes. And now, yep, you, 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 need, you need no support dog. And you got your certification and you can buy your vest and you can bet your card. And um, it, it, the, the practice was being abused. And now what happens? Everybody suffers, even those that really needed it can't do it. Now it's service animals. So this guy was selling service animals or service animal certifications, and they were not service animals. And uh, anyway, so really what it comes down to, and it's reminded me of how many dogs I'm seeing, how many puppies. And again, it was tough to get animals during COVID. People were going online. They were going to Craigslist. They were going to these online breeders. They were giving deposits. And that's the last they heard. You go back on the website, it's gone. Phone number, it's disconnected. And you just gave up your deposit. So buyer beware. Be really careful. Do your homework. If you're dealing with some guy from Craigslist or some online reader, ask some questions. Ask to talk to some of their customers. Better yet, ask to speak to their veterinarian. If they can't give you the name of a veterinarian, like boom, and a phone number, then you know they're not a legitimate breeder. Any legitimate breeder is going to know their veterinarian extremely well. And that veterinarian is going to go know them extremely well. So if you call that vet, and you say, hi, I'm thinking about buying a puppy from so-and-so. They go, who? I don't know who that is. So, so you just need to know, take the extra precaution, talk to people that have gotten dogs from this same person. You know that they can be set up. So you know, they're having their best friends next door say, oh, my dog is the best. You know, Ask to see the dogs. We have video chat now. Ask you, you want to see, oh, really? You got the dog from some, so-and-so, this lady? Oh, good. You know, I'm thinking about it too. Um, yeah, let's go on FaceTime. I just want to see your dog. I want to see the dog, how cute it is. If they say, oh, no, no, I can't, or, oh, no, I don't have to. Or, or if they give you some BS excuse, you're talking to the wrong person. So just be a buyer aware. I'm just hearing too many stories of people that got taken and uh, it's very frustrating. So anyway, when we come back, we're gonna talk about pet insurance and, uh, and my personal feelings, some warnings, uh, but certainly would love to have a discussion. So we'll be right back with these short words. Don't go away. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets, you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pen. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for traveling. Or let's say you're just petting someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore. And you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss 
and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And I'm back. I was just engaging with some of my uh, Instagram audience. Uh, we were talking about um, the vet shortage and emergency clinics and why everything is at capacity. It's a subject we could talk about here too at some point. Anyway, this was something that caught my eye. And, and I, you know, people ask me all the time about pet insurance. And I'm sort of, I'm confused myself about it. It's an ambivalence because one thing I say, you're going to need it the most when you don't have it. That, that's 100%. You're going to need it the most when you don't have it. But on the other hand, I get, as, and some people love it. I'm telling you, oh my God, oh, don't worry about it. Whatever I need to do because I have insurance and their insurance was great for them. Others, unfortunately, more frequently are saying, oh my God, they won't cover anything. Uh, I had a tumor. My dog, dog had a tumor at eight years of age and they went back to the records when the dog was two and had a wart, a wart, it was a skin tumor. And there was a wart. They said, no, no, um, you had this before that's pre-existing. No, a wart and a skin tumor have nothing to do with each other, but they will look for every excuse in the book not to pay out. I kind of say that to me, pet insurance is like a Las Vegas casino. Now, as I'm heading to Vegas tomorrow afternoon, evening for Super Zoo, big up pet, one of the largest pet industry trade shows. I'll be there for a few days. And I always say that you walk into a casino in Vegas, the opulence, the staff, the lighting, the, I mean, everything, right? Now, who do you think is winning more often than not? The house or the guest? Of course, the house. Clearly the house. Now, you might have had a great weekend in Vegas once. I had some good times in Vegas once, <laughs> just only once. But, but it does happen and it can happen. And those are the ones that, yeah, you go home saying, ah, oh, this was fantastic. Those are the ones who say to me, oh, the insurance is great because they paid out my $8,000 claim. And I want to say, you're the lucky one because most of the time they're rejecting the claims. So now they know, insurance companies know exactly what you are going to spend with your six-year-old so-and-so breed dog in the lifetime of that pet, or if it's a, you get it as a puppy. So they don't think that they're going to collect in premiums less than what the average is for you to spend. That's not going to happen. Look at this statistic. Only 2% of pet parents in the US have pet insurance, yet there are new insurance companies popping up all the time. And even like nationwide, you know, the human insurance companies are getting into the pet arena. Do you think they'd be so eager to get the pet arena if they were all losing money? Of course not. Making money, they're making tons of money. So it is frustrating because some people, and when, when you had it and it worked for you, you know, bless you, you're lucky, lucky, lucky. But for many, 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 I'm afraid to say most, but I'm just going to say many, many, it doesn't work that way. I'm getting, I'm writing things. I'm, I'm, I'm having to write letters to the insurance company that that thing that happened six years ago had nothing to do with this. They're not related. I always, you know what I always say? I say, you know what? I want to talk to your veterinarian. I want you to listen in on the conversation I'm going to have with your veterinarian. And you're going to see that this is not related. This is something that should be covered. Anyway, it's so frustrating. So anyway, what, is there an alternative? Yes, there is an alternative. And that is self-insure. Now, you're going to spend 
X amount of dollars, anywhere from 50 to 100, even more dollars per month for your policy, whatever you decide to get. And by the way, I'm not a fan of wellness plans. Uh, wellness plans definitely get you. Trust me, you're going to spend more on the premium than you ultimately will on the wellness. But do your homework. Talk to your veterinarian. Don't listen just to me. So then, so what happens is you take that same 100 bucks and you set up an account in Bowser's name, auto deposit. You have no choice, no choice whatsoever. And put it into a, an account with, if you have a stockbroker or the stockbroker, create an account. If you want to seed it to make it a little worthwhile, start with a thousand bucks. All right. And then you put that same hundred dollars a month in automatically and let it grow. All right. Don't use it for wellness. Don't use it for routine. Okay. But when you have, heaven forbid, that car accident or that cancer or that major surgery for a, a broken bone, whatever it is. Okay. Now you have the money, but the, here's the bottom line. You've been paying premiums into the insurance company for years and years. And they have your money and they're playing with your money, by the way. They're using your money to make more money while they're because you don't need it every day. They're playing with your money. Now, so what happens is at the end of the term, whatever that term is, obviously they're banking on it, there being plenty left over. And when there is, who does it belong to? Them, not you. But if you are disciplined, you put that money away in your own account just for your pets, that same amount of money. And then at the end of the term, if you didn't use it all, who does it belong to? It's yours. So called self-insuring, you got to be disciplined to do it. And that might be you know, something to think about if you have had a bad experience with insurance companies before. And other things is really check into the insurance companies, find out what they say when they say pre-existing. For how long? Is there a waiting period before the same problem can happen again? And it's going to be a new problem. That is where it's, it's all the technicalities. If you can find a company that is going to be working with you. There are pre-existing. There are congenital defects. Here's another one. Congenital defects. Well, there are a lot of things that can happen in our young dogs that they can say are congenital. Some are, some aren't. Now, for example, cruciate ligament injury. So what they do is most of the insurance companies now, which is fair, they will cover the first one as an injury. But as we know, 75% of dogs that tear a cruciate are going to tear the other side. Now that means it's probably one of those you know, congenital underlying reason ones, in which case the insurance company will not cover the second and they make it very clear. So that's fair. So there are a lot of companies out there. There are some good ones. Uh, there are some that will have, you know, waiting periods. Oh, people say this all the time. Oh, I want to get an insurance company because my dog needs that surgery. I said, no, you can't do that. There's like a three month or a six month waiting period. They know that if you're getting pet insurance just because, and then I'm going to a week later submit a claim for a big surgery. No, no, no. <laughs> One thing they're not, they're stupid. So so that's not going to work. So if you look into it, you want to get it, get it. It's not cheap. If you can't save money, then you want to go with insurance. And, um, and uh, just, but check it, there are a lot of them out there. So do your homework to determine which ones might be best for you. You may not want a wellness package that adds a lot of money to it. I don't think it's worth it, but certainly for accident and major injury and major sickness insurance, I think it's a good thing to have either self-insuring or using an insurance company, but be very careful about what they consider congenital. And if you've had something in the past, we call pre-existing, what is the waiting period before they say, okay, this is not the same kind of thing because it would have happened way sooner than six months or a year, nine months, whatever it is. The insurance companies all have their own thing. But those are things you want to think about and uh, take it from there. If you have any more questions about it, I think I've given you my opinion pretty well. But uh, then you can go ahead and talk to your veterinarian, talk to the insurance company, quiz them, and see, see what kind of answers you get and uh, take it from there. But 
as I said at the opening, you're going to need something the most when you don't have it. So you got to think about that. Oh, one last thing. And again, a lot of kennel cough. And all of a sudden, I, I read this other story and I realized, you know, it may not be kennel cough. Smoke filled air also causes coughing and wheezing. It's not a bacterial or viral infection. It is an irritant. And a lot of dogs will get that. So if you are in an area where there is a lot of smoke, construction area, there's a lot of dust in the air, and your dog starts coughing, keep that in mind that this may be something other than an actual tracheobronchitis infectious, which is kennel cough. Um, it may be something like more of an irritant. And, the, and they get the same things that we experience, which is wheezing, coughing, uh, a tickly throat, so anyway, that might be something to consider also when your dogs are coughing for some reason. So when you say to me, well, got my dog, it wasn't with other dogs. He, I didn't take him to the park. I, I didn't go to a groom. I didn't even go to the vet. And he sounds like he's coughing. I might ask, is there anything going around in your house or yard? Was there cleaning done? Was there a solvent? Was were the carpets just recently cleaned? Something that could have lifted up dirt, debris, and uh, that could have caused uh, tracheal irritation as well. So- if you have any questions or any comments about today's show, if you have any things for me directly, uh, you can always reach me at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. That's Dr. Jeff. That's Dr. Jeff at drjeff.com. Jeff at AirVet.com. And what I said about, uh, we were talking about the, the backlog in hospitals. If you're going someplace and you're sitting in a car and there is no direct communication real time with the veterinarian or veterinary staff, you need to consider finding another vet because you need to at least find something that's either going to let you in the door. But if you choose not to be going the door, which is fine, you know, we do masking, we're social distancing, we're, we're doing it all, but uh, at least engaging with your veterinarian real time on some sort of telemedicine platform. That means you're not only in your car, which is fine. That's what you want, or that's what the hospital wants, but you're kind of in the room remotely while the doctor is examining your pet real time. You're talking to them. You're engaging. You are watching. You're seeing what's going on. And that is the way you do remote veterinary care, not having you sit in a car. Okay. And, and go from there. So anyway, there you go. Any other questions? You can always get a hold of me many, many different ways. Have a wonderful week. I'm off to Super Zoo. I may do some, um, uh, some, anyway, some Insta stories or something uh, real time from the floor. So stay tuned. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in these shows. It really is. I mean, I'm even sometimes amazed and I go, I love going because I pick up a lot of good things, gadgets, things that are useful, things that I want to try in my dogs, things that I would share with you and you could try in your pets. So, um, a wonderful week. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me here on Instagram. And, uh, we'll be here same time next week. Same back channel, PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.